It's a podcast in book club format about horror movies. This week we have Bone Tomahawk. Starting off, my name is Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Dan. Howdy, y'all. I'm Jarvis. And the way this Kurt Russell podcast works is we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about I the history. I fucking wish. <laughs> I wish it was a Kurt Russell podcast. Next not- week we'll be doing Sky High. It's not too soon to rebrand. We can do this. <laughs> if there was ever an actor that I would swoon for, it would be Kurt Russell. It always becomes swooning with you. Is no, there a I better way it. to do it? <laughs> I mean, it all ties back into our TugCon thing, right? Oh, uh, man. You know what? It's been on hiatus, but I, I'm really happy that you bring it up because I think we're bringing it back this year. I think so, because doesn't Kurt Russell do something with the tugboat? No? Nope. No, I don't think so. Okay. But he could at Tugcon. He could. <laughs> anyway, so the way this podcast works is we are going to go ahead and give you a little bit of history of this this year movie. Uh, we're going to talk about it for a while, and then we're going to tell you how we feel, uh, how spooky it was to us with our patented, officially patented spoopometer. So, Dan, you got any history on this thing? Yes, so Bone Tomahawk was created in or released well wasn't created it was actually created in 2007 Uh, but it came out in 2015 Uh, the director and writer for this is s craig zoller Uh, s craig zoller is not known for too much Uh, this was kind of a one of his first movies other movies that he's written and directed have been dragged across concrete and brawl in cell block 99 tight tight I thought this movie was way older. I don't know why. I did not think it was... <laughs> well, it is from the 1890s, so... <laughs> <It was>. Yeah. <laughs> With stunning 4K visuals. <laughs> this one, it was my first time viewing. I don't know why I thought this was like an early 2000s, like maybe even a 90s movie. I don't know. I thought I always like associated it to... Uh, uh, what What is the like cannibal movie? Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah, that one. I think it, maybe like it's just the brutality. From like the 1960s? Right, yeah. I think it's the brutality that I'm associating <laughs> mm. it with. Not necessarily yeah, the time, but... Well, speaking of time, other 2015 horror movies that we could have watched or that, you know, kind of um, line up against this are The Witch, Krampus, and Crimson Peak. Those are the three that I picked. The budget for this was $1.8 million, about that. And it only grossed around three hundred eighty-two thousand. Oh no! Get out! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it a limited release? It I think it to be. I think it was a limited release. Was it like a late in the year twenty nineteen, and then something happened in twenty twenty? Is that something? It, it was funny. It released like in. I read that it released at Fan Fest in like at the end of October, and I believe it came out in theaters like two days after that. So, I mean, it was a late October release, but I don't know. I don't so, know like, why. nothing in the marketing Yeah, department. probably no marketing at all. Huh. Like if it just was at a, a fest and then in theaters, like, two days later. Everyone tell your friends, please. <laughs> please. Tell your friends to come down and check this new motion picture. We have no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $1.8 million or one point three, whatever you said, and uh, only $10 on marketing. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty and not still great. lost money. I think it's but that that's almost like six. I guess not quite six times less that it made. Uh, the budget was like six times. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Fucking, yeah, I'm sure, not a math you teacher. are a math teacher. No, I'm not. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> the runtime for this is two hours and twelve minutes. Uh, so there you go. A little bit of a beefy runtime. Yeah, little, little long. It's it's a commitment of a film. It, somebody put some horror in my western film though, and I I don't really <laughs> like it. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, like you have to commit really hard and. Like that, so many times throughout the film, I'm like, I'm not sure this is the right film for this podcast, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I mean, it gets there. It gets it, there. It, does. it is a slow burn. Holy it shit! The same with the uh, audition. You guys remember that? Yeah, that was hot and fresh out the kitchen. You know, the bowl. The bowl was out the kitchen. Vomit. <laughs> not every horror film is just you know, you know, back to back, you know, jump scares and. And, you know, the typical themes that, you know, we like to associate. But, uh, yeah, this one, this one, you you really do have to have to go into it with an open mind. So the filming location for this was Paramount Ranch in California. Um, kind, of, kind of a fun fact. The cave scene, the cave that they use in this movie was the same cave that they use in the Iron Man from 2008 when he's like putting the suit together. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. The one that's supposed to be in Iraq. Yeah, it's in California. Or generic Middle East. I just saw on IDB that uh, this movie was shot in only 21 days. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, wow. right? They used all, all of thing. the film. Everything. <laughs> yeah. They threw it they all blew, in. They blew $1.8 million in 21 days. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was all on Kurt Russell. And honestly, it was yeah, all worth like, it. it. Well, well yeah. worth it, yeah. Yeah. So... This has a lot of taglines, and I I read the taglines, and um, I really felt like I could make my own trailer with them. So so let me just uh, and it doesn't fit the theme of the movie, like reading the tags. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna read you all the tags very quickly. Fantastic. Um, Fade in. Go for right. Dan. John Bruder, an armed gentleman. Franklin Hunt, the law. Samantha O'Dwyer, the town doctor. Chicory, the backup deputy. And Arthur O'Dwyer, the cowboy figure. May the Lord have mercy and grant you a swift death. Because all the cowboys go to the Old West. And it's time to bring the enemies down. Bone Tomahawk. Cowboys. Yeehaw. Huh. So that was just yes. one, right? <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> Did they I fell legitimately about give the... halfway through that? They gave the entire cast and they their characters the yep. <laughs> in a tagline. I like that they put Arthur O'Dwyer, the cowboy, in parentheses, injured too. That <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> Arthur O'Dwyer, the crippled one, um, a paid his taxes most of the time. <laughs> Only cursed at an old lady once. Wait, I didn't. I didn't know Elon Musk was on this on this Ooh. casting list. Chicory, a rambling man who likes his challenges and chowder. <laughs> <laughs> Is there so, corn in this? So, you mean kern? There's kern. 
this is a throwback episode. All right. This movie takes place, as Kyle said, in the 1890s, and it opens with two drifters named Purvis and Buddy. And they are, you know, doing just a normal Saturday of just killing and robbing people in a very brutal, brutal, brutal fashion. And they stumble onto an American burial ground. And I hate to jump in on you already. Go ahead. Was any was anyone else kind of surprised if all of us seeing David Arquette and Sid Haig? Yeah, David Arquette <laughs> gave some guy a fucking Colombian necktie and Sig Hades just watching, and I'm pretty sure this was a dream of mine. And I, like <laughs> the the cast, they did a great job like assembling like a very horror-centric cast. And like it, it's I, I don't remember the director's name, but it was kind of like he just gathered them all in a room. He's like, I've brought you together. It's it's like the Avengers, appropriately so in the cave. <laughs> yes. It's like I've gathered you all, the best of the best. And we're gonna be cowboys <laughs> for one point eight million dollars, <laughs> and that's all, all to pay for Kurt to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, really quick, uh, j- just before we continue on, um, uh, we we do acknowledge that this movie is problematic in in one way or another. Like the fact that you know it's hyper focused on like Native Americans and like barb like treating them as barbarians and like there's definitely some racial undertones to that and if not just straight up in your fucking face uh racism but like uh you know i i thought that this was like a fun horror movie outside of like the problematic issues with it um, has some good gore and body horror and stuff like that so that that's kind of why we're doing this movie we here at horrible friends like to judge people on their actions not their characteristics however <laughs> Sometimes when you split people in half with a bone tomahawk uh, being labeled as a savage, well, it might be an appropriate title. (laughs) (laughs) Beautifully said, beautifully said. Uh, With with all that being said, and moving back to, um, you know, the goriness of this movie, I really liked that that intro with like the Columbia necktie shit and like all that. I was like, wow, just like really just right in your face right away. I don't know. I loved it. Yeah, it, it did start out extraordinarily strong, and it did. Uh, I did like the two characters and their like lackadaisical, like, "Did you finish it yet? Come on, man, did you do it?" <laughs> yeah, all, all for like a measly like thirty-seven cents. Like they had nothing on them. The guys that they were killing and robbing, and they're they're just like, yeah, they're they're so annoyed by the entire act. And um, as they are annoyed and walking along, we don't really get to. Have Buddy on, on or Sid Haig uh, on screen for very long because he is killed um, in, again, pretty brutal fashion. And uh, Purvis escapes. So we fast forward 11 days and Purvis makes his way to Bright Hope, which is the town that, you know, we're going to kind of focus on a little bit here. And Purvis buries his things that he stole in, in a hole they digs and he heads to the bar. So Chicory, who's played by Rancher Jenkins uh, and is the backup deputy, finds Purvis and he tells Sheriff Hunt, who is played by Kurt Russell, and Sheriff Hunt confronts and arrests Purvis after masterfully interrogating him and shooting him in the leg uh, while he's at it. And then they find Bruder, who's also in the bar where Purvis is shot, and they ask Purvis to go and get the do- uh, Bruder to go and get the doctor. 
What what a fantastic interrogation. I, he, he wastes absolutely no time. The guy like literally like just turns the other direction and like, bow right in the tibia. And that's actually like, I think we're introduced briefly to Arthur's character, um, who is played by a show favorite, um, Patrick Wilson. And he is also nursing a leg injury. And I was, I was kind of thinking for a second, I was like, wait a minute, wait a fucking minute here. <laughs> <laughs> Did he also get shot in the leg? Yeah. Right. Just like, God what? damn it. The same leg. <laughs> No, he just fell off a roof. Not a big deal. At the end of the movie, we find out Purvis was Arthur the whole time. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. So unfortunately, the doctor is drunk. uh, So Bruder goes and gets Samantha O'Dwyer, who's Arthur's wife, uh, and is the doctor's assistant. Arthur is a foreman. And as we've mentioned, he has a broken leg. He fell and broke it. So he's just kind of chilling and, um, you know, just hanging out and healing up his leg. So Samantha and Deputy Nick um, are at the sheriff's house. What the fuck is it called? The sheriff's station. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The law law store. (laughs) (laughs) So they're left at the law store to tend to Purvis. But during the night, they disappear. I made that sound really sexy and like it was like a yeah, like, they <laughs> like they eloped or something then like they disappeared. They disappeared. You did you did make it sound sexy. And that was a specific point of contention for Mr. Arthur O'Dwyer, our our good friend Patrick Wilson. He said something to the effect of uh, you know, you know, mind mind where, you know, where your eyes go with my wife or basically he was t- telling him like hands off his wife, which like I, I was just kind of wondering, like, what other fun ways are there to tell your friend not to fuck your wife and cowboy? I mean, I, I took I, t- I, I took a crack at one. It's like, take one look at my cow and it's your teats I'll be milking later, fella. <laughs> so, so, guys, how would you tell your cowboy friends not to fuck your wives? Hmm, great question. Uh... You know, I get this all the time, uh, but I gotta think of, gotta remember what my answer usually is. If you step in my shit again, I'm gonna have to take you out to dinner. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) 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 Those improv classes aren't coming together, huh? (laughs) Somebody poison the water hole. (laughs) There's there's a snake in my boots, and his name is you. Get out. Oh my you god! Talk, you talk to my wife again. It's gonna be my snake in your boot. Ooh, Ooh. dude, th- there's so <laughs> is there's that a penis. <laughs> You're my best deputy. <laughs> there's so much to discuss about Arthur's character, right? He's like he's laid up in bed. He's nursing an injury. By the way, how's your tibia? The pillow talk sucked back in the 1890s, right? Like right back, <laughs> right back before they went to humping, you know, the way God intended. Missionary with the covers <laughs> on, uh-huh. <laughs> so you can keep the devil out. <laughs> it was but such a goofy sex scene. Yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. How's your tibia? Um, can you shut the fuck up, woman? <laughs> Let me do this right. Yeah. <laughs> I do like this weird uh, Western fantasy world where one, uh, the woman does have a job and two, she makes enough money for him to be out of work for 12 weeks in 1890. Right. How many <laughs> shillings was there, was there rent? <laughs> How many shillings? 
I also, I, I do have a question I, I posed to the group because, uh, Dan, I think you said that Arthur's a foreman, but I have no idea what his job was that you're the first I've heard it's, of like to explain foreman. it. He, because he says one thing about like half the town is now gone and he was supposed to be with them to help moves, move bees, beeves all over the Southwest to which I, you know, agreed like, hey, Arthur, I understand your frustration. I've been moving beef all throughout the southeast for a long, long time. <laughs> and, and I know how it feels to be taken out of the game. So I, I understood. I understood, Arthur. I understood. Is he, is he moving beavers? Is that the idea? Like, yes, I, Kyle. I know, well, that is what he's moving. It's I thought beaver. they were. I thought they were fur traders. I thought it was like pelts that they were moving because they specifically talk about moving beeves. Yeah, at the at the pelt factory and the law store. <laughs> they, they specifically say it. He's a foreman. Don't worry about. It. Uh, anyway, so the stable boy's murdered. That happens, and oh, there's oh, Buford. Buford Buford got fucked up man that poor kid put some respect on Buford's name yeah man god damn he was he was young too he was basically still a kid that was a that was a rough scene this movie is quick like it's murders and yet it's not right no the the whole movie is slow (laughs) murders are (laughs) this movie is quick it's it's not it's so slow it's so slow but it's quick oh so quick I, I will say this is like one of my complaints for the movie is that body looked so fake like not good effects yeah. on it it looked when, when the arrow goes in yeah him standing <laughs> like receiving so the arrow to the fucking yes. eye yeah so um i also want to take it take a second to say i really like the dialogue in this movie i'm not gonna like talk a lot about it when i'm going through the synopsis but i really like the dialogue between them um it helps to like set the mood of like each scene and everything and really like builds character between them and like helps to identify them like Bruder when we're about to get to it. But when the uh, two guys are trying to confront them and like he decides to just straight up shoot them as opposed to the sheriff where he's like, no, mm-hmm. let's let's not like it, it really like these kind of like quick scenes really define their characters. And I feel like it adds a lot, a lot to the movie. It was a good period piece. I feel like the dialogue didn't take me out of it in, in a way that it's like almost Shakespearean where I don't understand like a good 20% of what they're saying. And, you know, I have to kind of like look it up later. Everything seemed, you know, period matching and it, it furthered the story along in a way that I, I feel like the audience could understood. So. So Sheriff Hunt, Bruder, Chicory and Arthur. Uh, Bruder is played by Matthew Fox, which, um, if you guys didn't know, this is like the last movie that Matthew Fox has done on the big screen. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he got his fame during Lost. Yeah. And then I feel like he aptly lost it all. So <laughs> I was surprised to see him in this. And he's fantastic in this. He's amazing. He oh, might I be my him. favorite character next to Kurt Russell because Kurt Russell is God. That's true. Well, next to Nicolas Cage, of course. All right, we get a Western horror movie with Kurt Russell and Nicholas. Oh my God! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> do you want the world to end right now, sir? I think they'd both do it for free. Uh, I don't know about that, but oh wait, no, Nicholas Cage has many debts to pay off. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I have a better idea. All right, so we've got a Western, Kurt Russell, and we have Nicholas Cage. I'm listening. But Go halfway on. through, uh huh. Mm-hmm. It turns into a Lovecraftian horror film. 
That's what this was Perfect. supposed to be. <laughs> Perfect. We did it. And Nicholas Cage shows up with a giant metal axe, but doesn't say anything except scream. Yeah, well, he yells about, like, milk a lot. Yeah, some, something <laughs> innocuous. Something that shouldn't have anything to do with the level of... The- of passion that he's screaming at the audience with he's got he's got the declaration of independence on his back (laughs) (laughs) you're making a oscar nominated movie for sure so sheriff hunt bruder chicory and arthur um they go into town they're like get the get the indian they just get like some guy who's just living his best life and they're just like come look at this arrow is in indian arrow yeah, he and retired. Like, he retired from being an Indian. Yeah. <laughs> these are his sunset years. They're like, is this an Indian arrow? And he's like, yep. Yep. Actually, it's, it's a Native American arrow, but that's fine. We'll, we'll keep going with it. Oh. That's cool. We've talked about this, guys. You know, we've talked about this a bunch, you know. <laughs> Remember, I used to live right there. Um Remember how this isn't India? Remember that, guys? Remember? You, you guys remember when I learned English for 10 years just to tell you that this is not India? We don't know where that is. We don't know why you guys keep what, calling us that. What is that? <laughs> By the way, big preach on all the disease you brought and killed my entire family with. It was really cool. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> what tribe? Oh, they don't have a name. Uh, oh, cool. All right. <laughs> okay, tight, tight. I noticed, um, I noticed the arrowhead is made of bone. Should we be concerned? Y- yeah, yeah, I, yeah, probably. <laughs> I think. So, so he does actually tell them. He, he links it to the Troglodyte clan or uh, tribes or whatever. And he tells them about where they can find them. Um, so they head off. So the four of them are on the road and a myriad of things are going to take place at this point. So I'm just going to list them through and then we can talk about it. Um, There's a lot of dialogue that goes on through here and the things that are happening are being confronted by the two Mexican men who Bruder kills that we talked about. Um, They're ambushed at one point and Bruder stabbed and their horses are stolen and um, Bruder has to kill his own horse and Arthur ends up getting left behind due to his broken leg. Yeah, this dude was going the entire journey on basically a, a like a broken leg, which, you know, got a hats off to him. Cowboy hat off to him that he was able to keep up with the posse ship of the troglodytes. That's that's pretty cool. That's the best I could do for the fellowship of the ring. It's but um it's truly a Disney movie. The power of love will get you through anything. That's Even true. a broken yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they did they did a lot of walking. <laughs> you know what's funny <laughs> is that okay, so first off, I, I think this is around the time where my wife because there's a lot of just day and night, day and night. And Dan, uh-huh. uh, rightfully so, you're you're jumping a lot because this movie is two hours long and all of it almost entirely is just the journey from what is it, New Hope, whatever the town's name is. Uh, no, it's not. It's not New Hope, Pennsylvania. Not, it is. Um, <laughs> it could be. It is Bright Hope. Bright Hope. Yeah, the journey from Bright Hope to the, the like the Forbidden Lands, um, and there, Mordor. there's just the, yeah Mordor, basically, right? And there's just so much to discuss. One of which, and it's funny because we bring up Patrick Wilson's character Arthur, who is, you know, hobbling pretty much the whole time, especially after they lose their horse. And I love that Kurt Russell's character, the sheriff takes the time to tell Arthur O'Dwyer 
Pain is how the body talks to you. Says the guy shooting everyone. I mean everyone. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot to say. And pain's the way that your body talks to you. So and pain's I'm going to make your body talk, talk to you. <laughs> anyone else just, I like picture was the Danny DeVito from Always Sunny. So I anyway, started I started blasting. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why he's a master. Uh, he's a master interrogator. If you're not going to talk to me, well, your body's about to talk to you. Bam. Yeah, th- there's. I think by the time that we we did leave him, right? Like we we left uh, broke our, our broken. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of skipped a bunch of stuff, but yeah, we're well, at the point where they leave him behind. No, that's fine because that was an hour and sixteen minutes in because that's when I took my first break. Mm-hmm. So we are an hour and sixteen minutes in, and so far they've walked. It almost took an actual three days for them to get to this point. It it is a slow movie, and again, like I said, it they put some horror in my western, and which was fine, I think. It it was fine. My wife, in frustration, probably. just yells out, "What is this? The Blair Witch of the Wild West?" And I was, <laughs> it was the best line ever because it was after like the third night that they're lying down, and we're just like, "What the." Fuck, man. But I'm on the third that... night, they shoot a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and two of them get dysentery. Ooh. <laughs> All the meat is spoiled on the bells. Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Matthew Fox's character, he says something pretty funny. Or, or You know, dur- during one of the dialogue exchanges, you know, one of the 50, um, which are good. It's it's very well written. Yeah. Um, it's just it does not lend itself at all to the horror aspect of the movie. But he's, you know, talking about my wife's quips during this shit. Um, He says something to the effect of, um, because they're going back and forth. And he he was saying, you know, something smart men don't get married. And my wife just, she looks at me and she goes, ah, you got married twice. You're double dumb. You're dumb as fuck. (laughs) True. It's true. (laughs) I thought it was pretty good. I'll say there, there were like times when like, okay, so when... Um, was it Arthur when Arthur wakes up and he sees the guy on top of Bruder and he's like starting to stab him as the and he like has to shoot him to get off like that part was like mm-hmm. there were like a couple times where it was like like whoa like that just happened I think that's what the movie was trying to do um, but I agree with I you guys had like, to yeah well if they didn't <laughs> I would have been sleeping um, right but yeah. right with them. <laughs> uh, well, I just I just want to point out the positives along with the negatives because no, I definitely agree with you guys that there were plenty of downtime where it was like very boring. But um, downtime, like when they set the leg again, when they took the hammer and like smacked it, I thought that was going to be way worse than it was. I wish they didn't Same. cut away. No, they pulled um, the punch. No, I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. They, they cut away. It, yeah, yeah, they yeah. pulled the punch on that. I mean, they didn't do anything. Yeah, even the uh, like even the you know compliments we're giving the film are are compliments that would be synonymous like with a western, you know, like Mexicans, you know, ambush in the middle of the night, you know, and then they have to shoot them away. That's a western, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. and and I will say I, I take no pleasure in saying that he was right about the Mexicans, though. I mean, an argument could be made that it was retaliatory, and they were just you know <laughs> they were like Bible salesmen in the middle of the night. The, the bigotry that he shows, everyone's like, yeah, you're a big old bigot. And then it turns out like 10 seconds later, he's like, okay, no, he was right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're stabbing, <laughs> they're stabbing him. They're stabbing him pretty hard. <laughs> yep, they're stabbing him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, he might have been on to something, guys. He might have been on to something. Gra- grab that hand, grab that hand. 
it, it, it got me thinking like what would be <laughs> i don't know why my mind always tends to wander during these things i started thinking of like is that kind of like a like night jehovah's witness you know could another movie like you know they're, they're in the middle of the woods and all of a sudden they're like hello <laughs> like who are you you guys have ha- have a second to talk about the watchtower <laughs> and then i was thinking what if they were vampires <laughs> and then i started writing a feature Ooh. film <laughs> so all right nicholas cage, is dracula. Nicholas so cage, nicholas cage obviously and kurt russell yes. obviously a jehovah's witness yep yes, and kurt russell's a jehovah's witness yes no he's van helsing turned jehovah's witness yes. Ooh. But gets pulled back in for one more job. <laughs> one more Jehovah's Witness job? <laughs> yeah, to take out Dracula. All right, all right. So we switch that. We go, he was Jehovah's Witness, but then he turned into Van Helsing. But he gets pulled back in for one more job to convert his neighbors <laughs> to Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> the fact that we are jokingly, ponti- completely segueing from the movie and creating a, like, pontificating an entirely new movie plot does not exactly speak volumes about this movie in terms of it captivating <laughs> our interest. If they cut, like, 45 minutes of unnecessary stuff out of it, yeah, probably could have kept my attention more. Well, let's, let's get to the, let's get to the interesting parts because I, you know, for me, it's always about the payoff for horror movies. And I think the payoff is pretty good, but I'm excited to see what you guys have to say. So eventually we have Bruder and Sheriff Hunt and Chicory, and they find themselves at the cave. They finally got there after 48 hours of watching a movie. We got to the cave and <laughs> we did it. And they are trying to sneak in. Damn it. If they're not trying, but they eventually they, they get ambushed and it's, it's pretty quick. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. quick. Um, and it's in pretty brutal fashion. Like, Bruder gets his hand cut off. Uh, his fingers are sliced. I think uh, Chicory gets shot with an arrow. And I, I think the sheriff also gets shot. And yep. yeah. um, they leave. Yeah. Br- Bruder's like, leave me behind. I'm going to take out as many as I can. Because he's, like, proud that he's killed, like, 100-something Native Americans. I will. I will say this at everything you're describing right now, Dan. This is hour twenty, hour and twenty eight minutes in, is is when you finally are getting this payoff, yeah. and you're actually We're pretty seeing... much into the third act at this right. point. Right. We oh, yes. we are we are in. Yeah, hour and twenty eight is when we're finally getting some action, and you know I I enjoy a good western, but at this point I was like, man, I am just really missing the barbaric tribe aspect of the cannibals that this whole film is supposed to be centered around. See, I was really missing another night. I, I was hoping they would do it one more <laughs> Just night. Just one more. <laughs> they play some cards by like the campfire. Take some peyote, like get a little weird. Yeah, like really weird. <laughs> no, I, I thought this thing, like you said, did did come very quick as soon as it did happen. So it can, I think I like blacked out for a few seconds. Like I, bl- I literally blinked in the whole scene of this whole thing happened. Bruder lost his hand. How? Like, was there a guy hiding right there and went ugu, like and just like smacked it or something? <laughs> and or? Went, ugu. He, <laughs> <tossed> it. <laughs> he just goes ugu. Bunga <laughs> bunga. No, he he tossed the bone tomahawk. There, there, there's the thing, and yeah. uh, it surgically sliced off his hand. So okay, because you know, those things are sharp. Apparently, yes. apparently, yeah. Bone is sharp if you didn't know. So be careful. Well, he kept his eye on it later, so like he knew it was coming. It also serves as tinder if you use it in a fire, 
which is a callback to one of our earliest episodes, hashtag deathbed. So as as Chris said, um, when Bruder stays behind to try to shoot as many as they can, immediately a tomahawk goes flying at his head and uh, the screen cuts as Chicory and Sheriff Hunt are trying to make their escape uh, to try to regroup, but they are ambushed and um, I was so confused aroused by what they were doing to sheriff hunt with the bone i was like i don't know what's happening i'm a little scared i don't they just start taking this bone and they start shoving it in his mouth like Mm. oh yeah i was like i don't know what the purpose of this is (laughs) i think it was something to do with knocking him out that's why uh... but just hit him in the head well yeah but i think is this a cleaner way? I don't know. It's the same reason why I think fighters wear like a mouth guard, right? Something about like you easily get knocked out if your like teeth clatter together or some shit. I don't know. Were they were they trying to prevent collateral damage? Like, hey, buddy, <laughs> hey, this is for you, okay? So just hey, we're, we're gonna take you. We're gonna do really horrible things, all right? But we want to keep your teeth nice and nice. Yeah, we, we want the teeth. Glitzy. We yeah. really want the teeth. We like the <laughs> teeth. teeth. All three of them. <laughs> this is 1890s. We, but we, we didn't understand it because it only came out as Ongaboga. So, but that that's <laughs> why. And burr. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they they only communicate by whistling. That is not a joke. It's a little thing in their throat, huh. and they just go like, burr, and that's how they talk. To is each that other. why he grabbed what he thought was jewelry? Jewelry. Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll get okay. to that. We'll get to that. So that's uh, not explained. All right. Thank you. Yeah. It was. Uh. So they have these basically like tracheal things that they have shoved in their throats and instead of being able to talk they just kind of like blow different frequencies out through these tracheal things and it makes a whistling sound which are like warning signs to each other or calls from an audio standpoint it is it is quite jarring like the sound that they're able to make it's almost like a godzilla kind of like screech and uh it's really cool it's it, it's a lot like the velociraptors in jurassic park that's exactly what i thought it sounded like like specifically jurassic park 3 when he has the fake thing that makes the sound right he's like trying to get them to leave yeah that's, it's like they shoved that kazoo in their trachea and that's what we got <laughs> i wonder like what was the r&d for that like granted this is a, this is a tribe of savages but they're like guys gather around <laughs> all right i got an idea i don't know if it's gonna work <laughs> but it's gonna be really cool here give me your throat Give me your throat. All what? Right. What? So, so I'm like, I, I want 50% of the company. <laughs> and I want one myself. Let's do it. <laughs> I know it's going to come out as Onga Bonga Bonga and rah, but I feel like, I feel like Mark Cuban still, still takes the deal. <laughs> he wants Just it. saying. And I, but I also want three shillings in perpetuity. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be hard. Three, no, it's three teeth. Would, three, would, teeth would, yeah. three, te- three teeth. Will you take three teeth in every fourth scalp? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you drive hard bargain. I'm in. It, they were also uh, we we talked about like a couple different ways that they what they sounded like. I also got like Tuscan Raider out of it a little bit. Okay, yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. Either way, I th- I think it's one of the only instances that you could like kind of allude that this isn't it is a horror. Because that yeah, was yeah. that was like an otherworldly sound they made, and it, you know it, it worked. The effect was there because that was scary. So as they they're, they're dragging them, we see Bruder's dead body as uh, through through the eyes of Sheriff Hunt. And when they wake up, they see Samantha and Deputy Nick uh, are in a, another cell, 
and immediately, immediately, like, it's almost like the director knew. He was like, all right, these people have been sitting here for long enough. Let's give them some gore. Because immediately, they just take Deputy Nick out of the cell. And they just strip him of all of his clothes. Uh-huh. And, and they just start scalping him just while he's still alive. And he's just screaming mm-hmm. and... And the whole time the sheriff's just like, don't worry, the cavalry's coming. We're going to save you, <laughs> which it's not supposed to be funny, but it's hilarious because they are just doing, they're bifurcating him. They're like stripping him. They're shoving his scalp in his mouth and like, what? Yeah. they're eating him. And he's just like, don't worry, we're coming for you. <laughs> he's, he, yeah, sheriff's sitting there like... Uh, don't worry. I'm going to go home and have a great dinner this evening. Don't like, I understand that you're going to be in a little bit of pain. Forget about it. Oh, don't worry about it. That was your testicles. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to make a nice stew. Oh, please stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) I did like how the, the deputy, the first thing he does is you were right, sheriff. You were right to chase and shoot that man in this leg because he did some bad stuff. Okay, cool. Thanks, bro. And then uh, he's like, I've been waiting for days to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wanted to hear. We can leave. Sheriff, I also want to know. Did you know that your car is extended warranty? (laughs) (laughs) And begin slicing up the skin. And that's why they killed him. There we Uh go. It is so brutal. You know, for all the punches they pull throughout the film. Right. And, And I think it's really shitty that they did that. And I, and I'm not sure if it was budgetary or if it was a stylistic choice, but like, if if they're going to build this as a western slash horror, that's kind of like the expectation. There is we're going to see some really brutal kills, and up to this point, like all of those opportunities have kind of been squandered. And then we have this because the scalping you think is going to be like the worst part. No, they flip that dude up on his head and take the tomahawk and surgically remove his fucking balls, and then slice him down the center. Not bifurcation, which would be you know, parallel, you know, that would be the, the midsection sliced straight through. No, they split this guy in half. Like, <laughs> and, and and this is where you guys talk about that, that critical scene in Scary Movie 3. <laughs> <laughs> you mean down the center? Down the, down the <laughs> I know you've been waiting. <laughs> Look what happens to the taco. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Now, you think they were good enough in their precision and accuracy there was actually a nut on each side afterwards? or Yes, absolutely. Yeah. These are professionals. I think so. <laughs> that's what I thought. Because yeah, I was this... like, uh, at first I was like, that's not going to be a perfect cut in half. I bet like both nuts are on one side. And then now this is just ruined for me. I wouldn't even be hungry. No, they split them. They split them apart like the wishbone at Thanksgiving, man. Holy shit! And you know, and and here this whole time, I'm just like, God, you know, let like let's stop doing this fucking trail story. Like, let's get to some action. And then when we get there, I'm like, oh my god, I missed the boring campfire scenes. Oh my god, can we go back? I I missed them. I want to go back. I want to go back. Speaking of uh, campfire snacks, man, Deputy Leg, huh? Just just a little chompy leg. A little chompy guy, leg. Yeah, he just like, you know, cooking it over an open fire. Just nom nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> so after after all this horror has happened, the, the sheriff does tell Chickory. He's, Chickory's like, why'd you tell him that? And he's like, you know, that's what I'd want to hear if I were going through that. 
Um, <laughs> because we think about that a lot, all of us. <laughs> so Sidmantha tells them that after the three troglodytes that uh, were killed outside, there should be nine left. So the group, the group devises a plan to give Arthur the best chances possible. Sheriff Hunt tricks the troglodytes into drinking the opium out of his flask that he has, which was originally for Arthur. That's why he has it. Uh, but only one of them drinks a fatal deuce, and the other one drinks enough to become unconscious, and the chief doesn't drink enough at all because he's a bitch. So, meanwhile, Arthur wakes up, and he begins to follow the trail that was left by Hunt, and makes his way to the cave. And he finds and kills two troglodytes, and this is where he cuts out the little whistle jewelry piece thing out of the troglodyte's neck, and he uses it, he blows it, and we see that another troglodyte comes running and he kills that one, which leaves us with, I believe four left. Yeah. I, I, it's, it was very like, I don't know, like the mummy to me where they were just like, Oh, he found a thing in the guy's neck. And it's a part of the clue to be able to open up the, the mummy's tomb. And I'm like, I, I didn't get the scene, uh, why he pulled it out. And then, but yeah, I guess, no, used it. no, yeah. I, I didn't really understand it either because like, I mean, we're like meta, we're like meta gaming this movie a little too much. Yeah, yeah. If we're like assuming that because he doesn't even know what they are. He hasn't seen them yet. Like, right. This is the first time they've seen it. And then he just like goes up and cuts it out. And he's like, oh, let me blow on this. It's like it's almost like we've given him the knowledge of Kurt Russell and Chicory and all the other characters. I, I don't really like that. It just doesn't make any sense. I can see the yeah, argument. I think there. that was. I think that was definitely like an oversight in the writing. He, like not he realizing that like he wouldn't have really encountered these creatures. Or yeah, it's people. like it was like a lifelong scientist who's like, I've been waiting twenty years to be able <laughs> to see this clan. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean it, he he's clearly like a, a well educated man, and he's curious about it because he thinks he instantly says, "Is this some sort of jewelry?" Uh, but yeah, you, you know, he goes right into cutting the throat. And I, I think it's apt that we take this time to just celebrate the audio in this. I think it is the best yeah. feature of the entire film. Every sound is so well uh, captured with the mics. Uh -huh. um, and it is yep. it is brutal. Every cut, uh, the surgical removal of the, the tracheal implant uh, was pretty cool. He, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe he just great. Oh, yeah. Maybe it just figured it out pretty well, uh, you know, early on. So it was cool that he used it as a tool to kind of lure the rest in. But I agree it was a bit of a jump. Just one more scene, just a, a gruesome scene just for the movie, I think, is what it came out to. They, they had that extra, you know, and it was a good scene that they wanted to spend. Yeah, no, I, I was OK with it. Fine. Like you said, it was visually and orally just terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like in a good way. Yeah, it, it, it was rough. I credit I credit like a lot of possibilities to it because like you know he awakes in the dark rested he's been dealing with chicory having nothing but like the most uninteresting conversations for days and <laughs> and also you know he's in pain and newly addicted to tincture so you know why not yeah. why not do surgery on some dead guy's neck all right so we're almost done the movie the troglodyte leader uh, realizes again somehow meta we're meta gaming this I, I guess. This didn't really sit well with me either, but the troglodyte leader realizes that Hunt has poisoned them and he takes out Sheriff Hunt. He cuts open his stomach. He takes the flask that he had earlier thrown into the fire and he sticks it into his stomach. 
And then he just robocops Kurt Russell, really. He shoots him with a he shoots him in the arm. He shoots him in the stomach. He's just like I, I don't know. He just uses and abuses him. Um but as all this is happening, uh Arthur comes in, he kills another tribesman, and Sheriff Hunt kills the leader with his own bone tomahawk by chopping his foot in half. The guy falls and then he just starts beating him. So Arthur frees Samantha and Chicory and Hunt, who is mortally wounded, he stays behind and says that he's going to finish the Troglodytes uh, so that they can't make their way back to Bright Hope. As he does, I actually like the line because the whole movie we hear Chicory, he's clearly mourning his wife. Very sad. Chicory's an older man. Um, his wife probably passed semi-recently. And Sheriff Hunt's wife just recently got better um, from a sickness that they thought she was going to die from, like pneumonia or something. And as chicory is leaving with everyone hunt looks at him and he says i'll tell your wife hi you tell mine i said goodbye and no yeah good send off yeah it's a good line really good line so we see we see uh we we also get one more little quick body horror thing where we see the earlier mentioned i didn't talk about it but earlier mentioned pregnant women uh, they have all of their legs and arms chopped off and they've been blinded by like sticks shoved in their eyes and they're just pregnant, just sitting there, clearly just like baby vessels for the try. I don't really understand how it works, but it's just a little body horror there. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we see them all leave the cave and we hear three gunshots and Chicory kind of smiles and then they walk off and presumably heading back to town. And that's the end of the movie. Hey, so before we get into the spoopy meter. I, I want to ask you guys, cause I, I think we're all kind of on the same page in terms of like, it's a pretty good horror or I'm sorry. It's a pretty good Western, but it only like kind of like peppers in horror aspects here and there. So like, I don't really know if I would consider a horror. So the question I pose to you gentlemen is like, what would you do as the director to fix it and turn it into a Western slash horror, not a Western that has like, one or two horrific scenes. Hmm. I think I think it's a interesting blend. We don't usually see a lot of horror, um, a lot of horror western type movies, and I think I this can't one, think of anything like it. Yeah, I think it was done almost as well as it could be, like to try to blend the two genres. Um, maybe yeah. if we want to take away some of the character development or try to like condense character development. Um, then maybe just make it shorter. And I think that that would have improved it a lot. But other than that, mm-hmm. I can't really think. I, I I think it was done. I have ideas. Pretty well. I have ideas. What you got? I like. So Nicholas Cage. Nick, well, Nick, always uh-huh. Nicholas Cage. No, uh, I, I like the idea. The, the Western aspect of, of most Americana Western is this idea of this like frontier that we're not aware of. And it, it is just this magical place that like, Things happen and people often just die, right? They die from, it's where we end up with like a ton of folklore as far as like American history is concerned. I say run with the folklore concept. It's the old West. All the stuff came from something, right? All these like folklore tales came from something. Okay. Run with it in that way and go with, go with an actual super, a more supernatural, super like horror style. Mm-hmm. And actually have some uh, spooky monsters or, or people with, cause like these were, these were just Native Americans that were 
extra strong, I guess, or just super capable of killing or whatever it was. Super but hardcore. they had a whole Right, but they had a whole like ritual, like multiple ritual circles and skulls and stuff like that lined up. Make it real, like run with it more in that supernatural sense because the people who survived will tell these like tall tales of of whatever happened, but can you ever believe them? It's the Wild West, man. I just run with it that way. Mm. Instead of just having like a everybody who mattered lived and then that's the end. No, no, no. Make it darker. Chris, you got anything? I mostly kind of agreed with Dan. Like, if this was shorter, I would have considered it more horror. Because, like, the only thing I could think of would be, like, how, like, a real shitty, like, movie would go about it. Like, it would basically just be like, oh, it's a Western, but there's vampires or there's werewolves. And that's when it's just, to me, it's just dumb. It's a little hokey. Yeah, like, you're just trying to find an excuse to use the Wild West as a setting. Mm-hmm. That's you the don't want to make a typical, yeah. You don't want to make a typical like fucking werewolf or you know zombie movie or whatever. But I, I think if this was, if they could find a way to cut out like forty five minutes of this movie at least, I would, I would consider yeah. it a lot more of a horror. At least half an hour. Yeah. I think, I think one of the great parts of this movie. This is the last thing I'll say. I think one of the great things that this movie does is it focuses on like the horrors of just the roughness of the wild west, which isn't like typically horror, but it's still scary. Cause it's like a real thing. Like people really got robbed and killed by like murder hobos and like things like that. Like that kind of stuff is real. Hobos. So I, yeah. I think, I think that's like part of the scary part of it, which I, I appreciate that, but I don't know again, too long. I, I, I agree with you entirely, Dan. I think, uh, the supernatural elements, like an interesting idea. I think this had all of the tools it needed. I think it pulled a lot of important punches that, you know, if we were just exposed to some real gruesome brutality, more so than just the last couple scenes at the end, it, it would have done fine. There are plenty of horror movies that don't inter- introduce like any supernatural elements at all. And it's just pure grotesque, you know, exposure to these, you know, horrible acts. And I think we had all the makings of that. I would have, yes, condensed it and then maybe shown um, some of the some of the journey of the other guys as they were, you know, taken back. You know, maybe not just have the story specific to those four travelers, you know, on the journey to get them. Like, let's talk about the guys in the cages. Let's let's get a a, a lot more like ritualistic sacrifice. Hmm. And then I, th- I think it would have been better if, if, the, if we were just able to pepper in more than just the journey for 45 minutes and yeah, maybe shoot I, I think, to the different the groups. I think that would have done a lot of good. I think one of the easiest scenes they could have done in that aspect was the scene where they talked about um, whatever the original bad guy's name. I can't remember. Sorry, the, the one that they shot in the leg in the very beginning. Uh, it, they were like, what happened to him? Ate him. Exactly. That, that's all you're gonna you're not gonna that's it you know you, you're you're not gonna show me right it's another <laughs> pull punch it. yeah plus i mean it's it was only you know david arquette you know i get the budget was 1.8 million but like you know he, that, that guy he's down to clown like kill him horribly he might he might throw you a <laughs> discount you know the whole budget went to kurt russell anyway kurt russell and cowboy hats who had to of course be the hero right of course like yeah well it's about that time. Let's <laughs> go on over to the 
Spookometer in. And Dan, what do we have for sale tonight? So my, my question is just, guys, how many troglodytes would you kill to get to this movie so that you could watch it? Zero to twelve. Zero to twelve troglodytes. So the more that we kill, the more we want to get to the movie. Correct. Um, Are you gonna make it all the way? How spooky see this is the problem. Is how spooky is the movie in Troglodyte Kills? Um it is not, but it will leave you with some visuals that you may not be able to forget. So three three troglodytes of of spookiness only because i I think like we said that they had ample chances to make this like actually scary actually uh, anxiety filled and spooky and every but that they didn't they cut out a number of scenes they talk about but they don't actually get rid of it i don't know i think it's three Um, i'm killing three troglodytes 100 percent, dude i think i'm uh, I i think i'm more in the neighborhood of two and i gotta say like the the prospect of just killing troglodytes sounds so enticing but if we're using it as a measurement for how scary this movie is it's unfortunate because i'm not going to kill that goddamn many troglodytes um it yeah i've I've already given my thoughts on how i think it could have been improved um the scenes that are horror are horrible that i i will give it that certainly um it just takes too long to get there and uh yeah two overall yeah i'm gonna I'm in love with Kyle. It, three. Definitely not. I wasn't scared, but I, I will not forget Nick and, and the scalping and the lack of scrotum. That, that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Um, but not terrifying. I didn't hate the movie, but yeah, three. Um. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of in line with you guys. I'm, I'm going to go, I'll go a little higher just because I love Kurt Russell. I'll go four and a half. I'm going to cut one of them in half, but they're going to finish me off. Um, huh. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've said my piece. I said my piece. Sorry, I've been watching too much Sopranos. I said my piece. All right. I'm glad that you said your piece because we've got to go ahead and, and hit the dusty trail. And before we do so, just want to go ahead and uh, I thank all the folks that help us out with this podcast. I want to thank Andrew Cavanaugh and Connor McLeod and Travis. Travis, do it. This is this is a good episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us and talking to us and hanging out with us and do your thing. And uh, you know what? I've never asked this before. Go ahead and rate us. That'd be wild if you listen to this one and two. You also decided to rate us somewhere. I don't know if it helps anymore. Do it anyway. And uh, Chris, what do you want to tell all the troglodytes out there? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. (laughs) 